When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. We could not have done it without Jacob's help. I'm Jacob For nearly 20 years, you've trusted our firm to protect you and your family. I've built my practice with a passion for helping others. I mean, Jacob and his team knew exactly what to do. The hospital bill was paid in full through the insurance companies, and he got settlement from them for all our pain and suffering. I made the call, and Jacob handled it all. If you want personal attention, just make the call, and we'll handle it all. Even if you already have a case, call Jacob, and he'll give you a free second opinion. Or go to calljacob.com. Ball in. Ball out. It's a hoop ball presentation. We are not sponsored by Jacob and Ronnie. It's probably illegal. Though we should be. It's probably illegal that we're coming in hot with him. <laughs> To well, introduce it's, our it's, podcast. You know, it's we're we're positive. It's a positive endorsement of Jacob's work. But it's relevant for today, Eli. Break it down why it's relevant. Well, Jacob and Ronnie pulled a Francis McDormand and has put up three billboards <laughs> across Los Angeles, yeah, California. I wonder if he's gonna win an Oscar for that. He might, he might. Well he's a, he is plucky like Francis is. But uh he's put up many billboards across the greater Los Angeles area to recruit LeBron James, who we just pretty much thoroughly destroyed today. Well, we didn't really destroy him, but we destroyed his Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, his his own team is destroying his soul. <laughs> yeah, it really, you could see his soul dying in the fourth quarter. So I think between Jacob and Ronnie's work uh, and the Lakers' work tonight, we, we definitely made a good case to LeBron. Jacob and Ronnie, uh, I mean, we're very familiar with his his billboards. We we lived in the San Fernando Valley for a long time. That's they're, right. They're they're all over. They're ubiquitous. It's it's, <laughs> and him putting up the LeBron overtures. That's the most Persian move ever. It really is. <laughs> Which, he's, a, he's a local treasure. A local, <laughs> very treasure. not national, but local. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Jacob and Ronnie. The love, best in the biz. We love that you're doing this. Yeah. Um, good work. Let's dive into the Cavs game, man. We uh, it was a nice win for us. Yeah. Final score of a lot to a little. Yeah, we don't, have, I don't, I don't, we don't we have Dan. We Bezer. don't have Dan, so we have like no factual information behind it's our. It's Eli our Bauman, back. Eric Noble. Oh, flying, that's right. Flying Dolo on this one without Dan Bezris. That's right. We miss you, Dan. We miss you, Dan. Uh, so we don't have the box score, but the Lakers won handily. Julius Randle had thirty-four. That's uh, yeah, thirty. I wrote this down. He had no. He had thirty-six. Eric. He had 36 on 14 of 18 shooting with 14 boards and 7 assists. So let's dive in with Julius. He's the best player on the court, and a court that included LeBron James, which is wild. So what did you think? What, well, did, what, what stuck out to you about Julius's game? Um, it was the first, I think we talked about this during the game, it was the first game where I felt like he completely imposed his will on another team uh, in the way that really good players in this league do. You're LeBron James. Russell Westbrook types. Physically, they had no answer for him. I, honestly, I felt bad for Larry Nance Jr., who I love and was a great Laker, but he had no answer for Julian's. Uh, sorry, Julian, Julius's physicality um, inside. I don't know what's going on with the Cavaliers' defense. 
um, because clearly they have no scouting reports because Julius goes left every time and then spins, or it goes right and then spins left. And he did that every single time to them, and they had no answer for it, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, a few things stuck out to me. Julius, the fact that everyone knows he's going left, but he can still get to the exact so spot strong. he wants. He's so strong yeah. and quick, too. Yeah. Because even when they try to take away the direction they know he wants to go, he's able to do it. Yeah. Julius is also one of the rare times where a uh, a preseason storyline, like preseason hype storyline of like, a guy losing a lot of weight actually is like completely relevant to like what happens through the season. He's just like, he lost no strength and lost like 30 pounds of like tired weight. What do you think it's like going up against Julius defensively? Um, Well, you actually, why don't you say about Larry Nance's face? Yeah, Larry Nance's face, he looked uh, bludgeoned. There was a, a play where they called a timeout and they slow, showed a slow-motion replay of Julius going against Larry Nance. Julius, like, elbowed him in the chest, and Larry Nance just looked so defeated. Just his yeah. ego was destroyed. It was. He did the pre-grimace, which is like the knowing that a guy's about to hit you grimace, where you're preparing for the pain before it impacts your body. Uh, I saw the movie Annihilation last night which is a horror movie, and I did like the pre-freak out and suspense during that whole movie, and that reminded me of what happened to Larry Nance. We because should, Julius is just a freak. We should just call him, yeah, the, the he's the Annihilator. The Annihilator. The Annihilator. All right. Um, yeah, Zach Lowe had a few interesting things about Julius in his 10 Things uh, podcast, or his, uh, his List? His Listicle. blog. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, one thing that Julius... Uh, the first two years, he couldn't finish at the rim. No, that, that's which is super the, frustrating. That sticks out to me. That's an impressive skill to like develop. I feel like that's yeah. something you innately have. You that's either true. can finish, you have touch, or you don't. And Let's somehow, hope not because Lonzo has no finishing skills. Somehow Julius got that this year out of nowhere. Yeah. Where, so what do you think that is? I have no – maybe it's just his physicality and him feeling physically stronger. That He's definitely jumping higher. He used to be kind of flat on the ground, like he was kind of groundbound. And now he he gets up there. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's Yeah. So he has – I think he's seventh in the league in paint percentage. So just crazy that he's, he's finishing so well. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Zach Lowe had is that he's not passing – out of drives or double teams. He's like 15% of the time he's yeah. passing the ball, which is a though, very low number. Though he did, no pun intended, he did have that uh, very nice pass in this game, though, where he drove into the middle and then found KCP for that corner three, which was actually a big three, considering that Cleveland was making their last kind of like semi-run. I can't even call it a run because they really didn't play very hard. I don't know what. They look sad. They did look sad. And they lost to the Clippers last night. And you'd think that they would kind of want to redeem themselves. And they were flat. Like, we were... Chauncey Billups said it during the telecast. They're like, they're going to get blown out of this game. He said that at halftime when they were down, like, three. I mean, they made that trade. And they looked energized and more fun. And that lasted about, what, two and a half games. And now they just, like, look sad and depressing again. And they're not talking on defense. They they seem to there seems to be no joy. It seems like and LeBron seems to be kind of running out the clock on the season. Maybe they're just waiting for the playoffs and he's going to unleash it. But uh, yeah, well, let me ask you a honest. Well, 
Uh, I was going to ask this as an honest question, and then I was like, I know my answer to this is too obvious. But if you're Boston, would you rather face the current Cleveland Cavaliers or the Lakers in the playoffs? Like, let's just say, like, throw out everything that makes sense. But You would much rather face the Lakers. <laughs> right, because of LeBron James, <laughs> yeah. because you don't know what he would happen. He single-handedly beat the Celtics in that I series. I know, what, that's what, why what I literally lost, lost steam mid, <laughs> mid-sentence, but... But it is like, it is weird to just kind of collectively not try hard, um, especially when like the best player on the planet is on your team. Like, I know there was a lot of like Jordan comparisons earlier this year, but there's just like no universe. I'm not saying this is like LeBron's fault, but there's just no universe where like the 95 Bulls play that game. None. Which is weird because LeBron is a good leader. He plays hard. He sets the yeah. example. He's vocal with his teammates. Yep. And, and and something's still missing. I think there's just no other guy, I guess, that's guess kind of so. following his lead. I guess so. But you get the feeling like he knows this isn't a winner. You know what I mean? Like, it just has the feel of, like, these guys are going to lose in the second round or something. He's still playing crazy good. He's he still had, so good. He had the one play where he pawned the ball, yeah. faked past it one way, and then hit Larry Nance like open cutting. Yeah. That was an amazing play. I, so, yeah. I went to Sky Zone this weekend <laughs> with my little brother from the Big Brother program, and uh, they have like a dodgeball thing you, with those little squishy balls. You and, were like, winded after 15 seconds. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I was winded just watching the kids play. But, like, you play dodgeball, and, like, the one time I threw it, I did, like, that kind of throw. <laughs> like, I did, like, a side throw. I gently had, like, a small child. Imagine doing that with a... He's, with, he's so good. With a basketball, yeah. So let's talk about LeBron. Yeah. Jacob Emrani's setting the table for L.A. Yeah. To have it. So, I mean, we had the luxury of knowing a lot of Laker fans. And yes. there's kind of some mixed sentiment about LeBron James. Wasn't that interesting? Weren't you surprised? Okay, so basically... Our group of friends had an email chain going around, and I don't really know exactly how it came up, but someone basically jumped in and said, like, yeah, I don't really want LeBron on the team. And I kind of went like, oh, well, why? And then another one of our friends was like, I also don't want LeBron on the team. So that's two out of six. Yeah, well, also – but. Th- these reflect sentiments that we had. Actually, when you were on a podcast yeah. with just Dan, you had mentioned, I have this crazy thought. It's yes. so crazy. I don't even know if I should vocalize it. Yes. But when I was listening to it, I was like, I've had that crazy thought. Do yeah. we want LeBron? Right. It's, it's a legitimate thought, but I don't think it holds water. No, I still think you, when you have the, one of the three best players of all time who's still playing at an exceptionally high level, you take him. So why don't you take the, the pro side of LeBron? I'll tried to take the con side. Well, I mean, the pro side is that he's still one of the three best players on planet Earth, probably the best player on planet Earth. He has no injury history, none whatsoever. So maybe that freaks you out because it's coming, but as of now, he has no signs of physical slippage whatsoever. He clearly looks disinterested this year, but not physically slowed down. He's still putting up monster stats. Um... I also think he's going to be the kind of guy who's only going to sign a two- or three-year deal. That's going to be what he wants anyway. So to me, it's limited risk, and the upside is it's the best player on the face of planet Earth. So the con side, I would imagine, is that he seems a little bit disinterested. There's so much mileage between the playoffs and all the regular seasons he's played 
that that body's got to break down at, at some, some point. point. Right. There's only so many times you can like cryogenically freeze yourself. And to have him and the ball circus on the same team that like social media would just explode. Yeah. Uh, also it's, it's kind of weird that he's playing disinterested. He's had some weird phases in his career. Right. And so there's the risk of that happening right. when he comes to the Lakers for whatever reason, it doesn't work out and he just like doesn't yeah. feel like he's all in other is like, it'll hamstring us financially. Right. Uh, I can't get Julius back if you sign right on. And the other is that the timing doesn't work out. Like our young guys haven't quite hit their stride yet. And LeBron has about a three year window right. when he's going to be. I thought that that was kind of an interesting point that our friends made on the email. I think my counterpoint to that was that I actually think it's useful to have young legs on your team obviously like maybe you want our guys to be like two more years along but i actually do think that like the the kind of signature of championship teams are going to be like veteran superstars with young guys who can run around and switch everything that you're going to want versatile like Kawhi leonard types you know on like that Spurs team, which basically was like old veterans and like Kawhi Leonard dominating. Yeah, I I think when it comes down to it, the con isn't rational because right. But I get, yeah, I get the I think feeling it's, of it. I think it's an emotional yeah, con. I agree. Where we have this young and upcoming team, and we like feel like we want them right. to develop and do it. Like That's having right. LeBron come here, it would just like it I'll feels be, it like, be like a cop out in a way. Yeah, yeah, it cheating. feels like a cheat code on like Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah, it's like you want to beat. Like, you got to beat King Hippo. You don't want to go straight to Super Macho Man. Like, it does seem like we're bypassing what we've really spent, like, six years building, I mean, in some form or another. You know, and it's been a dark six years. It'd be nice. But I guess the question that I would have is, like, you're not really giving up the youth, necessarily. Like, maybe you're giving up Randall, and certainly after tonight's game, that seems like a harder proposition. But you're still keeping Kuzma, Ball, Ingram... Josh Hart, like you're not actually affecting that core. You're just adding. And if LeBron leaves after two or three years, we won't be Shanghai'd. We yes. get another player. I think one other thing that occurred to me is that LeBron's game, I think, is going to age better than other superstars' games. Like Kobe's game, to some extent, if he's not able to score yeah, he's not a facilitator. at will. It's not really part of his game to facilitate. Whereas LeBron, you can kind of see his basketball IQ is unreal. And you can see him kind of like running the show, putting people in the right positions, still scoring a lot, still driving a lot, still like rebounding and assisting and scoring 22 points a game. And I can see that very like much in my mind's eye. It does. It doesn't seem like the kind of guy who like, oh, he like can't get off his jumper anymore and he's useless. Um, but we'll see. It would be a good problem to have. And this segues a little bit into the other summertime decisions we have to make because to get stuff, we have to give things up. And two of those things that we're likely going to yeah. have to give up have been playing out of their minds right now is Brooke Lopez and KCP. Uh, they're just, they're true vets. I professionals. Mean, they're, they're two professionals. And I, f I feel like it speaks that they've weathered the storms of the ups and downs of this season. Yeah, and and vets can do that, and also they have the steam later in the season to keep playing well. You know, rookies hit the wall. That's uh, right. They're just hitting their strides right now. Um, 
Brooke and KCP are are really good. They're really good basketball players. So let's start Especially with Especially Brooke. Let's I start mean. with Brooke and then we'll hit KCP. What what stands out to you about Brooke? Well, he's going in the post and he's scoring in the post pretty much at will right now and it's just so nice to see. This is the I think we're getting kind of the best of the Brooklyn Nets Brooke Lopez right now mixed with this new space the floor three-point shooting, but... I have to, I think I have to eat my words, because his shot over the last 20 games or so, it looks really good. Really and, good. And his, his three-point shot really spaces the floor nicely. Um, he's just an all-star level player. And he... I think it took him half the season to figure out his role on the team, which is not uncommon at all. And he looks really comfortable. He looks really confident and not second-guessing himself. His minutes went up, which, honestly, credit to Luke Walton. Like, you can make arguments that he should have started Randall earlier or should have played Brooke more minutes. But I also think that there's a little bit of a revisionist history. Like, those guys might not be doing what they're doing right now if he hadn't kind of let them figure find their way this season a little bit more and teach and get them comfortable. And now they're, we're reaping the rewards of that. By the way, Caldwell Pope is only 25, which is super weird. That's crazy. He seems like he's 32. But before you hit him, Brooke, three things. Uh, one, he's had a lot of bank shots the last few games. The Duncan. Which, yeah, the Tim Duncan. I, I love a good bank shot, so I'm just yeah. I'm thrilled about that. Two, his drives into the lane, are <laughs> they, they look like video game slow motion. It's great. It's, it's the opposite of the turbo button on NBA Jam. Exactly. It's like reverse. It's un, undo turbo. I love how slow and lumbering it is. It's fantastic. Uh, third thing, we're not going to talk much about the Magic game on this podcast. That was the first game <laughs> yeah, since we had our, our, our last podcast. But Brooke yes. Lopez had, what, like 27 points and yep. zero rebounds. Stu Lance... That's the most upset I've ever heard <laughs> Stu Lance. He was so flabbergasted. There's no other word than flabbergasted. I'm, he could not understand how that was physically possible. That's like possible. shooting the moon in hearts. Like that's, yes, that's it's really, damn near impossible. You have to try to do that. It's a that's, physical anomaly. That's really hard. Yeah, unbelievable. But he still played a great game. And hit those two clutch free, th- free throws at the end of the game. Yeah, God bless that we... We almost lost that game, <laughs> which would have been just so exasperating. I think we said on the pod right before that game, like... We'll see if we're a good good team if we can win this game that we obviously should win. I think going back to Brooke, we're we're thirteen and three when he gets into double digits too. Ooh, good stat, Eric. Thanks, man. Pull that out of somewhere. Yeah, take that, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go, KCP. What are you liking about him? Um, he's just like doing everything within the flow of the game. I think there was a little bit of a stretch there at the beginning where he was trying to do too much. And he actually has a really nice game when it comes to him. When he forces the issue, it's not a great game. But when he comes off screens, he has really good balance on his shot. I've noticed he always goes straight up and down. Even the Rip Hamilton. The Rip Hamilton. He right, exactly. He goes off of like three screens full steam ahead and then pulls up on a dime and goes straight That's up so and down. It's so hard to do. It's so hard. You have to have like a really strong base. Um, he has good hands. Like I'm, I'm now legitimately going to be sad when these guys, if these guys walk next year. So that's the question: How much would we pay them, and is there any universe where it's there, it's feasible that they can actually remain on this team? I think it's pretty reasonable that Lopez might, because Lopez is a bit older. He's made a lot of money in his career. 
He probably wants to win. He played on a really bad team for a really long time. I also just get the sense that he likes this team. I th- honestly, this is a testament to Luke Walton. Um, after this game, I saw Juli- we saw Julius Randle and Luke like laughing and having fun. And I think one of the real upsides to having like a 37-year-old coach who played in the league is that like he's still super relatable to these guys. And I, I get the sense that Brooke likes playing on this team a yeah. lot. I think Luke Walton probably made a, a joke about his like the after the post game interview that he was about to have with Cassidy Hubbard. I think I think he may have. I think that might have been, been one of wink, Ju- 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 Julius's first ones. I think it was. <laughs> and Cassidy was ready, man. I saw that full pages of notes. Yeah, well prepared. Well prepared. Uh, Preparation is. What yeah. was the the stat? KCP shooting what fifty three percent over the last thirteen so games he, from yeah, three point land. Yeah, he is number. Tied for number one in the league in three-point percentage with Kevin Durant over in 2018 at 53%. So how much of an upgrade is Paul George over this version of KCP? A huge upgrade, Eric. <laughs> Break it down. A gigantic upgrade. Because Paul George is an amazing player with guys keyed on him. Caldwell Pope is a fourth option and a, a really good fourth option. Yeah. But, you know, Paul George is a first option right now masquerading as a second option. and You mean a banana? Yeah, sorry, banana. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I say that— But I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. He does a lot—Contavious Caldwell Pope, Caldwell Pope does a lot of Paul Georgie type stuff. But wh- whenever you get a star or a big name, you just assume that that's going to raise your team's level so much more. But, but we forget that there's—the NBA is— f- jam-packed with really high-level talent. Yes. And when you get a star, you're going to be letting go of a guy who's really rock-solid. Rock-solid. KCP is rock-solid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also think, like, going back to the LeBron thing for a second, I think there's a really nice universe where, to me, like, the number one target has always been Paul George. First of all, I think it's more realistic. I think he can fit seamlessly no matter what happens with the rest of our roster. Dude is so smooth. Dude is so smooth. There's no version where adding him is going to subtract in any department. He's a really good two-way player. He's right in the prime of his career. That's like a home run. But so to me, there's a version where you get Paul George, you pay Julius Randle, and you fill out the roster with guys who maybe had a good experience this year. You know, like, to some extent, like, Caldwell Pope kind of owes us. Like, and Brooke Lopez kind of owes us. Well, he doesn't really owe us because we traded for him. But Caldwell Pope, we gave, I think, $18 million this year. Yeah, there's going to be a team that's going to sign him to who, a, a high but, salary. But Eric, who? Who has salary cap that thinks that Caldwell Pope is going to really help their roster? Because all those teams, all the other teams with salary cap are tankers. Mm. And they're going to be tankers next year. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a piece that a contender would really want to have. Right, but what contender has money? I guess that's... I mean, it, like, maybe the Spurs... The Celtics. The Celtics. I mean, it's possible. I just think, like, there is an argument to be made of, like, look, we paid you, like, a boatload of money this year. How about we see if we can work something out? And if you don't, you don't. But I definitely don't think it's a foregone conclusion anymore that – I used to think it was a foregone conclusion that we wouldn't want either of those guys back. Now I think it's a foregone conclusion we would want both of them back. 
It's just a matter of whether or not the financials of it work. He also owes us for getting him through prison. That's that's the second that's player right, in Lakers history that we've had to like work around their prison schedules. One, of, one was Kobe Bryant, though, by the way. <laughs> it's a slightly different scenario. But you're right. Yeah, we are the number one team. And I'm sure Ron Artest was in jail at some point. We just yeah. didn't, didn't know. Maybe like, maybe like Jacob Buss, and Ronnie yeah, bring yeah. it all back. Jim, Jim Buss had to call Jacob and Ronnie. And like organize how to get like Ron Artest out of like the Costa Mesa jail. Maybe now we know the underlying reason why M. Ronnie's throwing up all these billboards around town. That's right. That's angling right. to be like a legal consultant for the team. Yes. Uh, all right. We talked about Brooke, KCP, Julius, the other player who had a big night. There were four players in uh, who scored over twenty points. The other was It. Tell me what you th- what you thought of Isaiah Thomas. Well, I'm having a very like. Uh, rocky relationship with it i feel like i'm yeah. the bachelor ari where like i proposed to it <laughs> i didn't see this and season. then i dumped it for another player and then I've, i'm having second guess second guessing for all, all our my listeners emotions eli is a, a huge, huge bachelor, bachelor fan. fan yes huge i've been in the fold but this season looked pretty boring it was boring until the end you know what happened at the end right uh, yeah okay um, I don't, but the, I don't, most, but I just don't want to derail this podcast. Well, Ari picked the dumped a very nice woman from uh, Minnesota for the most boring woman on the planet. That sounds who, about like right. a woman who said five words all season. Anyway, um, it this was a good it game. I think we've experienced some really bad it stretches that have really hurt. Um, you know, I thought it was telling that Randall in the post game said how much he loved playing with it. Because IT doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's He's a that fun dog. to play with, but he called him a straight dog. I think positively, um, but I think players respect the fact that IT, who by the way is the exact same height as Floyd Mayweather, because we saw them next to each other, which is, means he's like five three because <laughs> Floyd Mayweather's tiny. But IT has of a lot of heart, ego, and confidence in that oh, that like oozing. five foot radius was amazing. Oozing. Well, what are your thoughts on IT? Because I know I'm more negative about him than you, right? No, I, I agree with all of your points. I mean, I think he he has so many negatives about him. He he gets destroyed on the defensive end. Destroyed. He makes a lot of turnovers. I think it's more this season because when he's driving, he doesn't have that same uh, explosiveness and comfort in the paint. So he just gets gobbled up by like four defenders and he doesn't really know what to do. You literally can't see him. You can't see him. And then the ball him. just like poops out. But he's so good offensively. He yeah. made some amazing passes. I mean, his shot looks really good. Um, I think he's collectively brought our free throw percentage through like <laughs> the process of osmosis. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I like watching him. I mean, it's always fun to see a little guy just like yeah. weave their way around the court. And yeah, it's incredible that he scores any points that it, he gets any shots off. It's incredible. And I'm excited to see if he gets keeps getting healthier. As the season goes on, because maybe there's a place for him. I don't, you know, it's hard to, you can't pay everyone, but um, any other thoughts on this Cavs game, Eric? Uh, just the the dap between Jose Calderon and Jack Nicholson. That, yes. that stood out to me. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there is definitely a moment where Jose Calderon was subbing out and he went over specifically to Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson was tickled. <laughs> To talk to him. I, I mean, Calderon was a Laker, so it wasn't as random as That's right. humanly possible, but it was still a pretty random combination of two guys. So, Eric, we, we were thinking maybe we would try to recreate the conversation. We actually had some, some audio yeah, we, we, of the conversation. Cassidy Hubbard, our inside woman, got yeah. us some, some courtside audio. So we'll play that for you now. All right. Uh, hit the record button. 
Okay. Or the playback button. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Hitting play. Hey, Jose. What's up, Yak? Hey, it's great to see you. I like your zapatos, Yak. Oh, thanks, Jose. Hey, you want to go get paella later? Oh, me gusta mucho las tapas. Hey, how's Pau Gasol doing? Is he still alive? Jack, you look really awful, man. Yeah, I've put on about, give or take, 60 or 70 pounds. But that's all right. All hey, right. it's great to see you. <laughs> My version of Jose Calderon made him sound Mexican, it not Spanish. It was definitely Spanish. way better when we were screwing around <laughs> earlier. We kind of panicked under the under the bright yeah, lights. I, I mean, they panicked under the bright lights. <laughs> yeah, they knew Cassie was recording them. Uh, last point on this game. Um, I just want to say uh, Alex Caruso uh, did a great job guarding LeBron. LeBron went 0 for 1 when guarded by Alex Caruso. So, obviously... Judging by the Reuben Patterson Kobe stopper uh, postulate, uh, we can officially call Alex Caruso the LeBron stopper. Facts, facts, facts gentlemen. Okay, and so we, we've talked about the Orlando game. Let's circle back to our last opponent, who is also our next opponent, the Denver Nuggets. The Nugs. Eric, your thoughts on the game? The travesty of a game that happened on Friday. All right. Well, I thought we played really hard. Yes. Um, and I think we got up for the game. Because we really are starting to develop some bad blood with this team. Yes. And this is the highlight of it is that Jamal Murray is a punk. Yeah. A, a weasel. Punk ass punk. Yeah. And um, I am really wanting to go to our next game because I think there's going to be some Fisticuffs. interesting things that go down. It's going to be a real feisty, chippy game. Yes. But basically, we played really hard uh, on Friday night. We were in the game, and last two minutes, we just we just let it go. I don't really even know how we lost. I guess Jamal Murray took over a little bit. He took over like free throws. I mean, that was a weird game where we were better than them the whole game, but they they shoot so many threes, and they just had guys stepping into threes constantly and and drilling them over us, like Gary Harris and Paul Millsap. Jokic is good. Like they have a lot of dudes on that team. Um, I don't know what's going on with Jamal Murray. I do not like what's going on with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray has not earned the right to be this much of a rampant dickhead in every single game against us. I don't know if he does this to other teams. I know that Lonzo Ball has never said like a negative word about anyone. Very few words about anything. Period. But he. Basically called him a punk at the end of the game. Uh, Luke Walton, our beloved coach, I heard challenged uh, Jamal Murray to the Hermosa Beach battle. Have you heard of the Hermosa Beach battle, Eric? <laughs> no, describe what, what, what happens in it. So it's a three-part challenge. Um, and this is like – this is the highest form of, of violence – and uh, rivalry in the Hermosa Beach, in the Bay, in the Bay City. This area. is South Bay Strong. Okay. The South Bay area. So the first is a two-on-two uh, -two beach volleyball tournament a la Top Gun. Right. Where you wear jeans and no shirt. And you have to wear zinc underneath your eyes. And you have to wear eyes. zinc. So that's, that's the first event. The second is an all-you-can-eat Baja Fish Tacos extravaganza at a Sharky's <laughs> nice. on Main Street. Not Rubio's. Okay. And then the last event is hot yoga in a pop-up Tommy Bahamas store. <laughs> and the one who can hold the pose longest 
um, is the winner. With a Tommy Bahama shirt. With a Tommy Bahama shirt and nothing, no pants. I hope that goes down the same day that we're going to the South Bay Laker game, which is next next Saturday. Well, honestly, it's an unprecedented uh, – th- these challenges don't happen very often because most of the time people are just very high in the Hermosa area, like too high to like remember the challenge. But um, the loser has to like totally chill out on Tuesday's game. That's That's the punishment for losing – the uh, Hermosa Beach Challenge. The last Hermosa Beach Challenge was who? It was Karch Karai versus uh, yes. like Fred Savage. <laughs> Frankie Munez and Karch Karai. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, I mean, Luke, there, there's been a few times this season where coaches and players have yeah, gone off right. on each other. That's I, right. I, really have, I, I can't remember seeing that before. You got to talk about that with your boy, uh, Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit that up. Um, but yeah, you're right. There has been a lot of like mingling. Yeah, D'Antoni and yeah, that's uh, right. Luke, though, I mean, D'Antoni would get his ass whipped. Luke, I think Luke can take Jamal Murray, no problem. Absolutely, no problem. But where did yeah, where did Jamal Murray get this attitude? I, He's Canadian. What? Why is he so mean? <laughs> They're supposed to be so nice. He's got that Bieber flavor. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. Lonzo certainly doesn't appreciate it. And by the way, like if he were really good, then okay, that's fine. But um, also, people are starting Twitter beef with me over it. I made one tweet about how he looked like a weasel and acted like a weasel, and I was getting like Denver fans like tweeting at me, <laughs> and I mean it's just so ludicrous. I was like, dude, like they're like it's great to see like the rivalry. I was like, there's no rivalry. Yeah, we have sixteen, seventeen banners. You guys like are completely irrelevant. Always. Did you send them a link to our podcast? No. Did you challenge them to the Hermosa Beach Challenge? Yeah, I challenged them. They couldn't even get through the... They didn't even know what a Baja fish taco was there. (laughs) They haven't haven't fried a fish in Denver. But anyway, okay, let me ask you this question. What's going to happen in this upcoming game with Jamal? Who do we... Who do we... Are we going to... Do you think there's going to be a fight? No. Because it's the NBA Because it's the NBA. Yeah. Who... I think... I think Isaiah Thomas might get feisty and Maybe. chippy with Jamal. I think we'll know if there's going to be a fight if if Thomas Bryant is called up from the South Bay Lakers because <laughs> he's definitely our number one. Just go in there and take him out. I would like that. I would like that a lot. Who else on our team would do it? I don't think we have that many tough Julius. guys. Julius. But Julius is too valuable. He kind of went at him when, when uh, right, Jamal Murray game. dribbled around Lonzo the first game. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Um, I want yeah. I want to go to the game. It's not going to happen. The other thing from the Nugs game, Zubats, Ivica Zub, is it yeah. Zubats? Zubats. Yeah, he's not going to take someone out. He's not going to take Jamal Murray no. out. Even if he tried, it would take too long. I know you have a soft spot in your heart for I Zubats. Do. I do, Eric. Uh, I don't. I continue just to stand by my assertion that he's he's not a 2018 NBA player. <sighs> Yeah. A few things about so in that Nuggets game, he was blocked consecutively by Mason Plumley. He was. That that was a really bad sequence for him. Uh he then on the next possession airballed a hook shot. That's he right. was the only player wearing like black shoes on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> he looked he looked totally white and oafy and lost. And just for a bag uh, a big man, my 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 pet peeve is having bad hands as a big man and I don't think he has very good hands. You make a compelling argument. The my counter is only that he's 20. Mhm. He's 
got skills. He's not skillless as an, on the offensive end. He seems like a nice boy. Very lovely. Like a nice boy to hang out with. Yeah. And he costs us no money. So Great. But he'll probably be a throw-in on some trade. You're probably right. And that'll be just fine. On the flip end, your boy Tyler Ennis played really well in the he Nugget did. game. He did. And then got no minutes tonight. None. None whatsoever. Yeah, I wonder what the logic was on that was. It's interesting. He played himself into a demotion. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he almost like kept us in that Denver. I mean, he did keep us in that Denver game. And when we were up, he was like a big part of the, the unit that got us up in that game. Yeah. Uh, Still, he is not an NBA player. He's not. Luol Deng is now on the he's bench. There. He's yeah. on the bench. There have been sightings. Yes. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like... Is there any illusion that he's going to play, or is it just like we need literally like bodies? It's you know how like in award shows they have like uh, seat fillers. <laughs> he just seems like he's kind of like the seat filler, like when Kobe Bryant won his Oscar and they had to like put someone in his seat while he got it engraved. Wow, that's like what we, we didn't even is. talk about that yet on this this podcast. Academy Award winner Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so calculated to be like I'm going to make an animated short film. <laughs> Because, uh, like, who else is doing that? Yeah. It's just him. He's a crazy person. He's but crazy. The best. Um, so, what are we? We're 30 and 36. Hey, that's pretty good. We're 30, 30 and 36. Is nice. God, if we could just be, if we could forget the playoffs, if we could just be 500, that would be so great. We yeah. need to be in, we in 41 games. Probably is not going to happen, but how many, so how many games do we have left, Eric? So, our, well, well, 16. Yeah, 16. So our next and the next week we have uh, who are we playing? We're playing the Nuggets at home on Tuesday. Right. Then we're playing the Warriors. Hopefully without Steph Curry. And then I think we play the Heat the next who, three who games. We, we played really well against earlier this month. Yeah. I mean, what are we God, looking for? If we could go this, two and one. Yeah. What are we What are we looking for in this last home stretch? The last sixteen games of the season. Obviously, the playoff spot is looking slim to none. So, yeah. What do you What are we What are you really going to keep your eye, eye on? Well, I mean, I, I it's boring, but development, just getting better, getting more confident. Um, I really like the way Kuzma's played recently. Like he had a really rough stretch, and he's still shooting poorly, but he looks like locked in again. And he he had some really good closeouts on LeBron in this game. Um, I think Lonzo just like continuing to make progress forward. Well, talk about this game for Lancito against well, the Cavs. He did not play a good game. No, uh, it was probably his worst game this year. I mean, 2018 calendar year. Um, trying to look on the upside of it, he was still pretty active in the passing lanes. You know, he shot a horrific. Brick off the side of the backboard on three, and that was that was followed or that was preceded by an airball turnaround jumper. Right, and then we both noticed that his next three he shot confidently and drilled. So I think just taking that is super positive. But you know, this is a weird game. I, I don't know if this is all of his national TV games, but I think I think it has been that he's played those generally quite poorly. Um, I think LeBron being there probably added to that, but he, it was the first time he looked a little bit lost in a long time. What did you, what were your impressions? 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it was a bad game. I think he yeah. played really well against the Nuggets, and yes. I'm not going to get too high or too low on any single game. Spoken like a true NBA player. <laughs> not going to get too high. Both teams play hard. <laughs> exactly. Take it, one, take it one game at a time. As we progress on this podcast, we're just going to throw out like stock NBA phrases. Yeah, it's all about defense, all about communication, <laughs> and uh, you know, just giving that effort on the defensive end. Yeah, we're really focused on the. <laughs> Focus on the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just, you know, take them one play at a time. Play for each other. Ball in, ball out, folks. <laughs> this this podcast really taking a taking a turn right now. <laughs> um, where else? Where else are we going? Is that is that what we got? Yeah. I mean, what? Are, well, okay. Let's let's turn it to you. So, what would you? take in these last 16 games to make this a successful season what's it going to take for the lakers to do what do you want to see individually or collectively again i thought i got i thought 35 wins was going to be a success and i right? think that's we're attainable definitely going to get that i'm excited to see brandon ingram come back and to see how we all mesh um i don't know it's just on on the one hand i want us to keep playing well on the other like the more that that KCP and Brooke Lopez play well, like the more I'm just gonna miss them. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of torn in like how how invested I want to get in these last 16 games. Like obviously I want us to win as many. I want us to try to make the playoffs, but like it's kind of making me more and more sad seeing how good KCP and Brooke Lopez are playing. Yeah, we're gonna have to play like a Green Day song at the end of it. Like it's something unpredictable. Like and it's just gonna be like shots of like Brooke Lopez. Like he is he would love threes. that. He would love that. He's the right age. KCP that, would be like, what is this? I think that's Brooke Lopez's favorite song. How many copies of Dookie do you think Brooke Lopez received Ten. as a gift? <laughs> we should I love Dookie. Robin <laughs> Did you steal my copy of Dookie? Oh, we uh, should get him a copy of that. Um, I think everything you just said is exactly right. Like, I we're gonna miss these guys. This has been a very likable team, like pretty much one to twelve. Yeah. Um, and it, actually, one thing we didn't mention was it was nice to see Clarkson and Larry Nance too. Like, those guys were also good members of this team. Also, neither of them played particularly well, which was also no. kind of nice. Julius manhandled oh, Nance. Also, by the way, that Cleveland draft pick is not looking that bad. I, one thing that you had mentioned, is this true? So it, it's based on regular season? Regular season record. Oh, wow. So it's not playoff outcome dependent? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I don't know what it is right now, but it's from a thing that you thought was going to be like the 28th pick. I think it might be like the 22nd or 23rd pick. That would be great. Which would be great. Yeah. Fantastic. Go Rob Palenka. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it for us tonight folks uh who knows when we'll be back soon soon uh i love the lakers man it's just been it's been a fun season it's so been a far. fun season it's not over yet we can still make a, a a fun little push here at the end and eli and i are hopefully going to uh meet ac green on saturday night who's oh, the right. color commentator for the south bay lakers that is so spectacular we're really gonna get the inside scoop mm -hmm. of the uh young and upcoming talent oh my god i'm so and excited we will report next we should, sunday we should try to interview him i think we should yeah well Let's bring our we'll equipment. bring like a weird like tape yeah. recorder <laughs> like two total weird stalkers yeah all right folks uh lakers stulansis I, I'm horrible at it. You do it. Uh...
this week started against the Nuggets, it's going to end against the Nuggets. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.